Hello, everyone. In this podcast, we will be discussing sensitive topics such as sexual assault. It's important to take care of yourself while listening. Some suggestions are listening while you're in a healthy headspace or knowing who you can reach out to if you become upset. Our 24-7 helpline for crisis calls based out of Central Florida is 407-500-HEAL. By contacting the national hotline at 1-800-656-4673, you can get support and learn about your local resources. There's always someone ready to help. Service Center podcast. Here we sit down with professionals that serve survivors and victims of trauma or those who have experienced violence and have conversations about social issues. This week we are talking about volunteering. My name is Emily Mitchell and I am the education coordinator at the Victim Service Center. With me today I have Shannon Webster. Shannon is VSC's volunteer and outreach coordinator of the last two years and has worked as a public servant for the past five years. She is passionate about engaging her community and connecting people to the resources they need. Shannon, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I also have with us Dr. Erin Hansen. Dr. Erin is a UCF Research Associate Professor in the Biological Evidence Section of the National Center for Forensic Science at the University of Central Florida. She has volunteered with BSC since 2018. Dr. Erin Hansen, thank you so much for being here today. Great, thanks for having me. And lastly, I also have with us Diana Oakley. Diana is an author, a professional speaker, and a member of RAIN's Speakers Bureau, RAIN being Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, as well as a VSC volunteer and a member of our Speakers Bureau. Diana, thank you so much for being here as well. Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So in this episode, we will be exploring the benefits of volunteering, how volunteers can help the anti-sexual violence movement, and meet a couple of VSC volunteers to learn how and why they got engaged with volunteering at VSC. So to start us off, Shannon, you being the volunteer and outreach coordinator, <laughs> um, why do people choose to volunteer their time? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Emily. Um, at VSC, you know, we're a nonprofit that supports victims of trauma, abuse, um, any sort of trauma, really, but we really specialize in sexual assault. But I think generally volunteering is just such a great thing that people can do. And a lot of people choose to give back their time because they have a connection to the cause. So at BSC, it might be because they're a survivor or know someone who's been connected. Um, they might also do it just because they want to give back. Um, a lot of people really find a sense of purpose by volunteering. And so I know at VSC, people definitely feel that way, um, but they just want to give themselves up to something greater than themselves. Um, it could also just be because they need credit. They might need school hours, they might need experience, they might want the health benefits, feel connected to other people, get a mental health boost. So there's really a lot of reasons, um, but each person's going to be a little bit different. Got it. 
And actually, that leads to my other question, you know, what are the benefits to volunteering? Yeah, so there's kind of a lot of them. Um, I mentioned like the mental health benefits. So you can get a self-esteem boost, a greater sense of purpose. Um, for some people, you might be really shy or drawn back. And so volunteering can kind of really bring you out of that. Um, there's also been studies that show for especially older people that if they volunteer, they actually have, you know, a longer lifespan. Um, they have better mobility getting around and they just have a less sense of loneliness, which can be really common in people who are older or might be in a stage of their lives where they're having trouble making friends. Um, and then kind of going back to that school credit point, you know, you can get great experience. You know, if you volunteer your entire time in college, you have a lot of experience that you can gain there. Or, you know, if you just need that one year internship, I know at VSC we have interns in the graduate level. So if you're a mental health counseling student, a social work student, anything like that, um, you can get experience that way. Well, actually, I also wanted to ask since I, um, you know, I should have probably started with this too. Um, what exactly is your role at the VSC? If you can explain exactly um, how you work with volunteers, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I'm our volunteer and outreach coordinator. So what that generally means is I help onboard all of our volunteers. So when someone does an initial application on our website, I'm the first one that gets them connected and helps them go through the steps. Um, so we have a pretty extensive onboarding process because we really want people to feel connected to our mission. So you start by applying, attending a lunch and learn session. Uh, after that, we actually do an interview, which is conducted with me over the phone. So that way you don't have to worry about coming in, especially right now. Um, you get background screens, you do an online training, and then after the online training, there's also an orientation session. So I help facilitate all of those things. Um, and then from there, I just get them connected to whatever the resources that might be. So whether that's volunteering in the office, volunteering in the community, um, speaking, different things like that, or just connecting them to someone in the agency that can get them started doing that. Um, and then the outreach side of things is going out in the community and helping reach people who might need help and things like that. So I coordinate those opportunities. A lot of time there's some overlap. So the volunteers might be the ones that come out and do that. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I just want to say I actually started at VSC as a volunteer um, and Shannon is wonderful. Um, always uh, finds what volunteers their passions are and how to use that at VSC, which I think is wonderful. Um, which actually leads me to my other um, question here for, let's start with Erin. Um, what made you decide to volunteer at the Victim Service Center? So part of the research that we do um, here at NCFS um, involves sexual assault analysis. So our lab in particular is really focused on trying to improve the analysis of late reported sexual assaults. So, you know, some victims may not be able to come forward within that five day period. Um, and evidence is, is really kind of lost, you know, f beyond that period. And so we're really trying to develop methods to target those samples, to give people an opportunity to still, you know, collect evidence and get evidence for their case um, if they weren't able to come forward right away for various reasons. So in doing that, I gave it my all, you know, I kind of was an overachiever workaholic and I got burnt out. I, I just got to that point where I needed to take a step back and say, why am I doing this? Why do I like doing this? And so I knew I was passionate about the cause and I really wanted to connect with the human side of it and kind of re-energize and, you know, get a better idea of why I was doing what I was doing and who it was going to ultimately help. Um, and so that's why I reached out to VSC. I thought it would be 
a, a good fit for me to kind of see that human side and bring my, you know, kind of different background to, you know, their agency, but then also get a lot back um, from that human side of things. Got it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we're lucky to have all our volunteers and I love um, that. I love that people come to connect for the, for the, um, for the mission. Definitely. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'd like to throw the question to Diana. So Diana, what made you decide to volunteer at the Victim Service Center? Um, well, I just wanted to help more people. I moved to Florida in 2011. And up until then, I was almost exclusively speaking to women in the faith-based community. And I know that there's a lot of survivors out there that don't have a faith and aren't religious. And I wanted to reach out to them as well, um, as well as get connected with my new community. Got it. Thank you so much both for sharing that. Um, Shannon, I had another question for you. Um, do you notice a trend with why people are getting involved by volunteering specifically at the Victim Service Center? Yeah. So, you know, Diana and Erin are really great examples of kind of some of the reasons why people choose to get involved is they usually will have some kind of personal connection or have done some kind of work before that kind of led them here. Um, I think when you're searching for volunteer opportunities, a lot of people go with things they know. So usually like animal shelters or, you know, food kitchens, you don't really think about going to your local rape crisis center to give back. So you usually have some kind of trend that brings you here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we do take interns from local colleges and universities. So we get a lot of students that are in social work or um, psychology, mental health counseling programs. So I think the vast majority of people that come are either survivors themselves or have some kind of personal connection or are students looking to get experience. Got it. Yeah, thank you so much. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I love the diversity of all of our VSC uh, volunteers. As you can see, just with these two fantastic examples, um, look at how much you know expertise they can bring to the table. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, so Diana, I wanted to ask you. You've been involved with VSC for a very very long time. So what is it about volunteering that keeps you coming back? Well, uh, I keep coming back because I know how hard it is to deal with the aftermath of sexual assault, and unfortunately, it's not going away. I think it's important for survivors to see someone who's gone through that tragedy and who's overcome it. Um, it gives them hope. It, it, make, it shows them that the, they don't have to live with that pain, that someday they will be able to hold their head high and that there is a future after sexual assault. And, and it could be a better future. And also, I've been with the VSC for so long and I see the passion in each and every person that works there. And they, they really care about what they do. It's not a job for them. It's not just a job. Um, and it's just a privilege to me to be a part of that. Wow. Um, well, we're privileged to have you part of our volunteering. And, and also, um, I would like to ask you specifically, what's it like to be part of the Speakers Bureau um, at the VSC? Uh, I, I love it. It's a, it's a good way to connect with survivors who maybe aren't ready to step forward and, and get therapy. Maybe they're afraid, like I went 16 years and I just hid 
my feelings. I didn't want to deal with them because I thought, ah, it'll go away eventually, but that's not how it works. So um, being a part of the Speakers Bureau is so important to me because every time I tell my story, there's at least one person that comes forward and is either inspired to finally take that first step and get and go to therapy or join a support group or or maybe they'll just tell me their story and maybe it's the first time they've ever told their story and not only is that an amazing feeling to me that I've helped them take that first step but it also is very therapeutic to me to hear their story and know that they felt the same things that I felt and it's just a way of bringing us together more. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit here with you, Erin. Um, I think work and scheduling is a big obstacle for those who want to volunteer. As a former volunteer, that was definitely an obstacle for me. Um, so how do you balance volunteering work and personal time? For me, when I volunteer with VSC, I consider that my personal time. I think what we've all kind of touched on here is that when you're picking somewhere to volunteer, if it means something to you, then it's not really work, right? So um, to kind of reiterate what Diana said, I love the people at VSC and the work that they do and the passion that they have. So every time I walk away from a volunteering event, I, I gain something from that. I feel better about my day. I feel better about my community just to see the kind of love and support that's going on. So I think if you can find a volunteering opportunity that allows you to do that, it's not an extra thing that you have to do. It's not extra work. It's really part of your personal time or even your self-care um, because you're just surrounded by so many supportive people that come from different backgrounds and different situations. And they just have such a positive attitude towards everything that every event or, you know, office visit or anything that I've left um, has really just put me in a different mood than when I went in um, just to be around these amazing people and the work that they do. So if you can truly find something that that does that for you, then you fit it into your life because you want to and you want to make it a priority and it becomes part of your own self-care system. Um, so that's how I view it. Um, with my opportunities that I've had with VSC. Definitely. I definitely relate to that. I know that I did the pride tabling um, and I think I worked like eight hours. It was like a full work day, <laughs> but um, I felt more energized exactly like you mentioned. Um, so I totally relate to that. Thank you so much. Um, Shannon, obviously right now VSC and many other nonprofit organizations are having to adapt and move a lot of work remote and virtual. So how has VSE adapted the volunteer program and how can people still be involved? Yeah, so um, kind of like how, you know, you and Aaron were talking about how it's sometimes challenging to get involved or you would go to outreach and stuff like that. Um, a lot of our previous volunteer experiences were in the office or going to outreach events and obviously neither of those things are happening right now. So we've had to adapt virtually um, which is kind of great because, you know, I'm actually kind of seeing an influx of people wanting to get involved because they have a little bit more time now that they're not commuting every day, maybe, or they think right now is the time to get involved in their community um, with everything kind of happening in the world. I think people see a greater need to get connected to their local community. Um, and so in order to meet those needs, um, we've kind of moved everything virtual. So part of that process I mentioned earlier was coming to a lunch and learn that used to be in person in our office. 
Um, we've moved that virtual now so people can come and tune in. Um, we also recorded it so we can send it to people if we really absolutely have to send it to them if they're not available. Um, and all of our projects are kind of virtual. So let's say I have a project that might be looking at a data set or looking at analysis of something. Uh, maybe I want to look at our client files or see a trend or a pattern. Um, I kind of match that up with people, which that project would probably be matched up with Erin. Um, so I'll just reach out to her and say, hey, we have this going on. Can you help me with it? Um, if I have something that's, you know, maybe connecting someone to a faith-based opportunity, I might contact Diana personally and say, hey, can you help me with this? So one of the things I really like about our volunteer program that has kind of always existed and will always exist is connecting people to their strengths. So, you know, when you were a volunteer, I know you really liked, you know, going out and talking to people. You had a background in education, so I would connect you to things like that. So I just kind of have a database in my head of who all my volunteers are, what they all like to do. <laughs> And that as conversations come up in the agency, you know, for those of us that are full time and see them, I just think, hey, you know, have you thought about bringing in this person? Or I know this volunteer has a background in music therapy. Why don't we pull them into this opportunity? So they really do become a part of the agency in terms of what their specialties are. Um, and then there's always going to be projects where we just kind of throw it out there. So we're just kind of creating new opportunities virtually for people. But people can also bring them to us. So, you know, if they think, hey, you know, I've noticed this organization is doing this. Have you thought about doing that? And then usually if you're the one that tells me that you're going to be the volunteer on it. <laughs> but I can also pull in other people and get them involved in that. So um, we've moved Lunch and Learns online. All the projects are online. Um, we're also developing a virtual orientation now, whereas prior, you know, you would come in and be a very personalized experience getting to meet people in the office. Um, so now we're trying to get up a virtual orientation and then we'll have that forever. Um, and then for those that do just want to volunteer virtually, we've actually set up a new background screening process to allow them to do that virtually as opposed to going in person and getting your fingerprints done too. Got it. Yeah, so a couple of questions actually. Um, sure. So uh, what exactly is the Lunch and Learn for those listening? Yeah, so um, the Lunch and Learn is really open to anyone. It's a one hour kind of overview of the agency. We do it on the second Wednesday of every month from noon to one, so like a lunch hour. Prior, it was sponsored by Polio Tropical. We'd bring in catered food and have you come and eat with us. And um, you'd sit down usually with our executive director and go over everything that VSE is, our history, our mission, our vision, what we do on a daily basis, how we help victims, and also how to get involved. So we make all of our volunteers come to us so they know who we are and what we do. Um, we might be a rape crisis center, so you might have worked with a rape crisis center in a county that you maybe are from before, but the way that VSC does things is pretty unique. Um, so we just really want to invite people to come in and make sure that this is the organization that they feel connected to, because sometimes, you know, you might find out that, oh, maybe, you know, my tie to the connection is too strong and I'm not ready. Or you might say, oh, you know, this isn't really what I was looking for. And this is kind of the first step to make sure that you're ready. Got it. And my other question is... Um you talked a lot about like playing to people's strengths and stuff. Yeah. But what are some specific um, things that people can gain as far as experience as a volunteer? Um, what do, you know, I know that VSC has volunteers answer phones, just kind of like specific things that volunteers can do um, with VSC. Yeah. So I think kind of the biggest misconception people come into the volunteer experience with is that they're going to be a crisis counselor. Um, there might be some agencies where you can do that, um, but our, our agency, our model is to have our master's level crisis counselors do it. And then for our therapy department, we have our licensed therapists and mental health counselors actually um, doing the therapy. And that's for many, many reasons that we can get into on a different podcast. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but um, 
people come to us thinking they're going to do that. And while that might not be what your volunteer experience is, you still get a lot of other experience that could be, you know, de-escalation techniques. I know Aaron works our front desk or did every Monday. Um, and a lot of times people, they don't feel worthy enough to call our helpline, uh, which is 407-500-HEAL <laughs> in case you need it. Um, so they might call our office phone first and, you know, whoever answers that, whether it's a volunteer or another staff member has to be ready to help that person with whatever they might be calling for, um, stabilize them enough to call the helpline or transfer them to an advocate, um, which takes some skills, knowing your resources on that phone. Um, if you help us with an event, you know, you might get some donation experience and development, um, marketing, social media. We do a lot of that right now, especially since we're virtual. But for people who are looking for a specific experience, it really just depends on what they want to get involved in. I don't push anyone towards any sort of experience. So I know for me, like if I think about myself in college, I was really shy. So maybe going out and doing outreach would be the good way for me to push myself and work on my networking abilities to go and speak with other people. Um, or if I wanted to get more experience in just how the nonprofit realm worked, I might try to learn more about development and try to help out with the development team. If you're someone who wants to work more in social work, then maybe you'd be working more on, you know, research how we can maybe write more blogs or noticing that VSC should do more human traffic work and then, you know, see where those overlaps of sexual violence and human trafficking are and writing messaging for that. So it really just kind of depends on which way people are leaning. And that's part of the onboarding process too, is when I have my interview with volunteers asking, what is it that you want to gain from this experience? Yes, you know, we're super happy to have people help us and I'll take all the help I can get, but you know, what is it that you want from us? And, you know, that could just be a sense of purpose, a sense of, you know, goodness that you feel by helping people, but it could also be, I really want to learn more about nonprofits. Yeah. Awesome. And it's, yeah, definitely. I would say the, just like our counseling services at the VSC, it sounds like volunteering is also individualized. Um, it really depends on the individual, what you're looking for and your strengths um, and, and your interests too. So Diana, at, you know, as the education coordinator, I get to educate people about sexual assault as a form of prevention and education. One of the things we like to do is have survivors of sexual violence attend those trainings and share their experiences. You wrote a whole book sharing your experience and continue to do that in order to help people heal. VSE allows people to do this by joining our Volunteer Speakers Bureau. So why do you share your experience and what would you say to someone thinking of doing something similar? We kind of touched a little bit on this, but I don't know if you had anything else you'd like to add. Oh, uh, well, um, I share my experience to encourage survivors to come forward, but I, I also find that when I share my experience, I feel like it helps the people that work with these survivors gain a better understanding of like the victim's thought process. I find that it helps them connect to them better. And um, to people that are thinking about sharing their story publicly, um, I would encourage them to write it down first. Um, I started with journaling. I'm a big advocate for journaling. I just started writing to myself, like what happened? Uh, how did it make me feel? Uh, how did I deal with that? But more importantly, what's the happy ending? Like, how did you overcome that? Because 
without that aspect, I mean, anyone can tell their story, but until you work on yourself and get therapy or join a support group and, and get to a part, a point in your life where you are healed or you're well on your way to healing, then it's just a tragic story. Um, I find that if you can't show people how they too can overcome like you did, then it's probably not the right time for them to tell their story, but still write it down. And I mean, that's how I started. I was, when I started journaling, I was not in a place to share my story. I did it because I couldn't even talk about it. And finally, I, one day I just started journaling and just trying to write down everything that I remembered. And it turned into a book. And now I went from this person that couldn't even talk about it at all to I, I talk about it all the time now. So, and then if, if there's anybody listening to this that is considering telling their story, then I, you know, they have my permission to reach out to me and... I'd be happy to sit down with them and help them in any way I can. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Diana. just wanted to add something. I'm glad, Diana, that you actually said the thing about when you're speaking or any survivor that comes and tells their stories, for those people that may not have been through that type of experience, it's really eye-opening and it connects you to a human side of it. So if you haven't been through it, it's not just, you know, bullet points on a PowerPoint. This is a human being with emotions and feelings telling their story and giving you that perspective of it. So if you've never been through it, it kind of connects you to that and makes you realize what survivors really go through, how different their reactions are. And I think it helps anyone, survivor or non-survivor, just, you know, have that opportunity to process that and then take that back to their own life so that if they know somebody that's been through that situation, you can, you can understand maybe a little bit more mm -hmm. about how they're dealing with it and coping with it. So to me, you know, hearing some of the survivors speak has just been incredible and really, you know, so educational and so valuable. And it takes so much courage for you all to do that. But so many people are touched by it and get so much out of it. So it's really uh, quite a, quite an amazing thing um, to, to listen to you. I'm glad. Thank you so much, uh, both of you, for sharing that. And of course, to all of our speakers, Bureau members, and, and all survivors that share their story, um, it really is really um, impactful and powerful for everyone to hear. Um, I actually had a couple of questions as a follow-up for you, Diana. Um, first, You've been with VSC for a very long time, but what, what year did you actually join as a volunteer? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Wow. As soon as I moved here, I, I jumped right in. I started um, at the sexual assault treatment center. Like I helped with their computer systems there. And then one day uh, I, you had a, a presentation scheduled and the speaker canceled. And they very spur of the moment, they were like, hey, <laughs> can you oh. come and speak at this event tomorrow? And I was like, no okay. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, and that's how it all started. Oh, wow. Amazing. I know when I, like, go through a drive, I see pictures of Diana from so long ago. And I'm like, what did she? And they're always of her doing everything. Like, there's one of, like, our old underwear campaign. She's out there organizing and getting ready and, like, 
riding bikes and doing all these things and you know her speaking she goes to outreach events like i think she's done probably everything in the agency <laughs> yeah um actually it was the victim service center that because well, um just a little side note about my story i was riding my bicycle and a man uh hit me with his truck and he pretended it was an accident so for not only did i have to deal with being sexually assaulted seeing bicycles and getting on a bicycle was a trigger for me. So in 2012, uh, 2012 was the first time I had the courage to get back on a bicycle. And it was the Victim Service Center that um, put on this bike-a-thon. And it happened to be on the anniversary of the day I was assaulted. And um, it's, it's kind of a long story. I don't know if we have time for it. But um, the man who kidnapped me his wife at the time was the one that turned him in. And throughout the years, now they're not married, but throughout the years we've connected and uh, her and his daughter, who was two years old at the time, flew down from Florida and came to the bike-a-thon and I rode my bicycle alongside his daughter. And um, it's just a remarkable story of how, um, I mean, people are fascinated by the fact that I'm good friends with my kidnapper's wife, ex-wife and daughter. And, and, but it's just such a good inspirational story about how, you know, she struggled too. And by connecting with each other, we really, it was really therapeutic for us. Wow. So yeah, I'm super grateful for the VSC for everything they've done for me. Wow. That's a, an amazing story. Um, and uh, sounds really, really powerful moment. Um, and you said, you know, you wrote a book. So what exactly, just so if anyone is curious, if they'd like to read it, what is the title and where can they find that? Uh, the title is Intended Harm. Uh, I named it after my favorite Bible verse, which is Genesis fifty twenty, because you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Um, and you can find that on my website, intendedharm.com, or it's on Amazon. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Diana. Um, and Aaron, I wanted to ask you, you've helped VSE in lots of different roles. Um, you know, Shannon mentioned that you, you do front desk every Monday when, when uh, we have volunteers back in the office, but uh, also outreach, research, special events, arts and crafts, um, and just general donations. What motivates you to do all of these different things? And what's your favorite to do um, with these this long list of things that you do with the VSE? Um, I, I don't know what motivates me other than um, kind of feeding off the energy at VSE. I kind of look at my job as a volunteer to, you know, help out wherever I can. You know, nothing is too small, nothing is too big. So whatever I can do to take a little bit of the burden off of the advocates or the staff, um, because they're working 24 seven, you know, to support survivors. So if I can do anything to make their day a little bit easier, um, whether that's making a little goodie bag of candy that I'm kind of known for in the office <laughs> or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I just kind of see it as an opportunity to help, you know, from, you know, any level. Um, so I'm just happy to do whatever other, if it, as long as it doesn't involve picture taking, because she <laughs> knows that I hate having my <laughs> taken. So I avoid those opportunities at all costs, but, um, <laughs> my favorite is probably outreach events. Honestly, um, 
you know, I've talked about this with Shannon. I've lived in central Florida for most of my adult life and there's events and opportunities that I didn't even know existed. Um, and so when you're at these events, not only interacting with people that come to the tables and get information, but just seeing the community outreach, how much support there is between law enforcement, other agencies, just everybody coming together to support a cause, you really walk away from that having this sense of community and pride in your community that you might not have even known was there if you didn't go to some of these opportunities. So um, I think the outreach events kind of, you know, just encompass a lot of stuff. You're interacting with other VSC volunteers and staff, the community, and you just see all of this, you know, support and love and um, compassion for one another. And so those outreach events really just kind of, you know, I think touch people in a different way than, than maybe just sitting in an office. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite outreach event by chance? I know. I know what my favorite is that she's gone to <laughs> the Harbor House Pause for Peace, oh, where she yeah. made yes. like these custom VSE frisbees and like treats. She did all these kinds of things. Like she was so excited for that event. I, I honestly, so far, um, other than like the cheers event where, you know, everybody's there, um, the back to school events, I think are really kind of touching because you see, you know, children in the community and law enforcement interacting with them and, and kind of, um, bridging that gap between some of the communities, um, and really providing them support for when they start back in school. So really kind of seeing those families together and coming out, um, uh, have really been quite touching. Um, so, so far that's probably been one of, other than the dogs, because at the positive <laughs> event, they dress up in costumes and stuff. So that was of course adorably cute, but, um, yeah, any, any of the really just community driven outreach events are just so meaningful to me. What the heck? That's adorable. I didn't know that there was a dog event. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erin. And actually, um, I kind of have a follow-up question for Shannon. Um, just for people listening, just to know exactly what is an outreach event? What does it look like? Um, so if anyone would like to join the VSC as a volunteer, what, what does outreach really mean as a volunteer? Yeah. So outreach is, um, it's a very general term, just some way that VSC is going out in the community and reaching people that, you know, either need our services or don't need our services and don't know about us. Um, you know, v, uh, VSC has been around for over 20 years. And every time I'm at an event, I'm always like, have you heard of the Victim Service Center? And almost always they say no. Um, yeah. And so outreach usually looks like some kind of tabling resource fair, you know, back to school event. Um, it's usually like a pop-up thing with tables all together and you can just walk around and talk to people. So there's a lot at the local colleges. Um, you mentioned you went to Pride. Um, that's obviously one of the biggest ones that we can go to. And it's like a very overwhelming day where you're out talking to people for potentially eight hours or longer. <laughs> right. Um, but usually they're only a couple of hours. Um, I know like Diana recently went to one of, I think Rollins and Aaron's been to uh, quite a few, but you know, the positive piece always sticks in my mind because she made those <laughs> cutest things. And you know, she's went to once with the local commissioners who are there. So they're getting to meet their constituents and you know, talk to them about the causes and stuff like that. So when we go out, it's usually, you know, you come to the office and get the supplies. I tell you where you're going, when you're going, who you're going with. Um, it might be with me, it might be with uh, Emily, you know, as an educator, could be with another volunteer. It, could really be anyone who's available at that time or has a passion for that community. Um, you're just sitting behind the table representing the agency and informing people about what we do, um, which is so powerful because, you know, if 
if you need help and you don't even know what to search or you don't even know that you need help, once you start to talk to people about what we do, you might realize that you do need that help or you know someone that needs that help. And so going to outreach is also one of my favorite things is because I've had people come up to me at the table and say, you know, I've used your services before. I just want to say thank you for being here. Or, you know, you helped my mom and that was amazing. Thank you so much. Or, you know, I've seen people come and kind of look at our table and then kind of leave and then kind of come back and finally get the courage to come up and talk to me and say, hey, you know, tell me about this. What do you do? Um, and they might not tell me what's going on with them, but, you know, they just say thank you at the end. And that's so meaningful because you don't know what they took away from that experience, but you hope it was something good, whether it's for them or someone else in their life. Um, I've been to local church events where people will come up and share their experience and then the congregation comes out and forms a prayer circle around them and they, you know, work through that together. So there's so many different things that could happen in an outreach event. There could be times where the most meaningful experience could be meeting someone else, like a local resource, because sometimes people come up to us and maybe this isn't what they need. Maybe they need grief counseling, but maybe I know that there's another grief counselor three tenths down so they can go and talk to them too. So for anyone thinking about getting involved and who really wants to make that difference, outreach is one of the biggest ways where, you know, you might be a counseling student and think, no, I need to be in an office with a sound machine and my oil diffuser on in order to help people. But really, if you're out in the community on the ground talking to people in their own spaces, that's where you're going to be making some of the biggest differences for people because they're going to take that crisis card and it's going to sit in their car until that day they need it. And then the day they need it, it's going to make the biggest difference. Thank you so much, Shannon. And that kind of leads to, you know, my final question for everyone here, Um, you know, to finish up this conversation, I'd like to ask all of you, for anyone listening out there who is thinking about volunteering, whether at VSC or a similar agency, what would you say to them to help them make the step to getting started? Um, I think I'll throw it to Diana first. Um, Well, first step, just uh, if you're not in the Central Florida community, uh, go and look for your local rape crisis center and then just go to their website, connect with them, like reach out to them. Um, you don't have to tell your story. You don't have to um, open yourself up to the world like I do. You can do desk work and you can you can do anything. Um, but the first step, you got to contact them. Make that first step. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, whatever you decide to do volunteering wise, just make sure you're excited about it, that you're passionate about it. And that makes it so much more fun and easier to kind of get involved and use your expertise, whatever it is, um, if you're really passionate about something. Thank you so much. And Shannon, anything else as the volunteer coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to kind of be reiterating some of the things I mentioned earlier, but, you know, there's a really big push right now to invest in those community resources that help people every single day when they're in crisis or, you know, need that extra help. And that's kind of what VSC does. And I obviously advocate for people to volunteer with the Victim Service Center if they're able to, um, but you don't have to just volunteer with us. Um, You know, whatever that thing in your heart is that you want to help your greater purpose, find someone out there doing work helping, whether that's a literacy program, um, uh, animal shelter, um, you know, I, there's so many in Central Florida that I just think are so amazing. Find what they're doing, connect with them. Um, if it is a local rape crisis center, I know Rain has somewhere where you can find where your local rape crisis center is. Um, it gives you all the contact information so you can contact them. 
Um, usually there's an online application for most places at this point. If there's not, you know, I know we don't like to call people anymore, but sometimes you just have to make that first phone call and then, <laughs> then you can get the email and then, <laughs> then you're good to go. Um, but, you know, there's also online places too that you can look. Volunteermatch.com is a really great resource for people to find different specific things. So, you know, if you only have an hour every Thursday and you want to know what the biggest impact you can make is, Volunteer Match can usually help you. I know in Central Florida, we have 211, which is kind of like a resource line. Um, Heart of Florida United Way, who runs that, also has like a volunteer matching type program, not to be confused with the website <laughs> where they can help connect you to something. If you work for somewhere and they offer you time to volunteer, which is a lot of major organizations now use that time. A lot of places will also match that with money so that if you volunteer a certain amount of time, they'll also give money to that organization. Or if you donate money, they can match it. Um, so definitely take care of those resources too. Um, so whatever way it is that you can give back by volunteering, you know, make that work for you. If you can't volunteer, see how else you can help the organization, whether that's, you know, supporting their event, following them on social media and giving them a, you know, like here and there to get the, <laughs> make them feel better. And also share that with your friends, so they can get the resources. I know that's one of the big things I tell people for VSC, if you're looking to help us, but you can't actually give the time is if you just share our resources, because then, you know, if you have 500 friends, how many of those friends have a connection to our cause that might need that help or, then if you share it, they know that you're a safe person to talk to. And maybe then you become the first person they tell their story to. So there's lots of different ways that you can volunteer. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I just want to acknowledge that the VSC could not function without their volunteers, in my opinion. I think the volunteers really make a difference. Um, we have grown so much because of our volunteers. A lot of people have gotten help that wouldn't have, just like Shannon said, I've been out there too, where you say, have you heard of the victim service center? And most people are like, no. Um, and so really, I just want to thank you both Diana and Aaron and, and every volunteer at the VSC, um, for being here and, uh, donating your time because it really does make a huge difference. You're welcome. Yep. Happy to do it. I think that's a wonderful place to sign off here. So thank you for listening to the victim service center podcast. The VSC is a nonprofit organization that provides free confidential counseling services for victims of any kind of trauma in Central Florida. To learn more about our services, please visit victimservicecenter.org. And to everyone listening, healing is not linear and you are not alone. And thank you, Shannon, Diana, and Erin for being here today with me. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome.